Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. There are a lot of things that influence developing an addiction, and none of them are that we're weak-willed losers. In the Sober Powered Podcast, you'll learn how and why addiction develops, how alcohol changes the brain to keep us drinking, and most importantly, that you're not alone. The things you experience are experienced by many of us. Recently, a member of the Sober Powered Facebook group passed away due to complications from cirrhosis. 
Someone close to her reached out and requested that I create an episode about cirrhosis to educate you on what this disease is and to spread awareness. We are hoping that this helps someone to quit drinking a little bit sooner or to go to the doctor a little bit sooner if they are experiencing symptoms. This episode is dedicated to Diana. She was nine months sober and very happy in her sobriety. I haven't done an episode on cirrhosis because I don't want to scare anyone. It's scary what cirrhosis does to the body, and there are many complications that can lead to death. Because I want to be mindful of anyone who is still drinking and to anyone who has been diagnosed with cirrhosis, I will be giving a high-level overview for the first half of this episode. If you're afraid, I will tell you exactly when to turn the episode off. I want you to still hear about this disease and not let fear prevent you from being informed. For everyone else, after I signal those people to turn off the episode, I'm going to give a very in-depth explanation of what cirrhosis is and what it does to the body. By the end of the episode, you will be an expert. Cirrhosis is the end stage of liver disease and results in severe scarring of the liver which impedes its normal function. The liver is located on your right side below your rib cage. What's important for you to understand is that the liver doesn't have many nerves, meaning it doesn't feel pain. The reason that chronic heavy drinkers develop pain on their right side is not because the liver itself is in pain, but because the liver is so swollen that it's pressing on the organs around it causing pain. By the time you begin to feel lower right side pain, it's important to go get help. According to the NIH, cirrhosis is caused by regularly drinking excess alcohol for 10 to 12 years. Excess alcohol is defined as more than two drinks per day for women and more than three drinks per day for men. That's not very much alcohol. Genetics have a major impact on the development of cirrhosis, though. Some women, like Diana, will develop cirrhosis in their 30s, while other women can drink heavily for their entire lives without developing the condition. However, younger and younger people are developing cirrhosis and rates are increasing over time. The liver has many important functions in the body. It filters toxins from the blood and purifies it. It produces bile, which helps our body to absorb nutrients. It stores sugar and vitamins, and it creates proteins that clot the blood. Most of the blood that enters the liver is supplied from the portal vein, which brings blood from the intestines into the liver. The liver filters this blood for nutrients and toxins, and then the blood is sent from the liver into the hepatic vein, which connects directly to the heart. The liver is super resilient and is able to regenerate damaged cells and heal. Studies in rats have shown that when 75% of the liver is removed, it's able to regenerate fully in only a week or two. Liver cells are able to become activated upon stress and damage and divide to repair the damage. 
They're only able to do this a certain amount of times, though, before they become exhausted and permanently die. There are liver stem cells called oval cells, which are located in an area of the liver called the canal of herring. When liver cells stop being able to divide and replace dead cells, these oval cells activate and regenerate the liver, so they're like backup. However, the liver's only able to take so much, and once the canal of herring is destroyed, the liver cannot repair itself. So a stem cell is a special cell in the body that is immortal and will divide permanently, and it can divide and become other cells in the body. So each part of your body has stem cells that divide and eventually become the cells that make up your body. So the liver has stem cells and those can divide to renew themselves and they can divide to become liver cells. Similarly, your bone marrow has stem cells and those divide into the cells of your immune system. Every time you drink alcohol, some of your liver cells die. The liver can regenerate, but after long-term abuse, the liver begins to be permanently damaged. The first stage of liver damage is fatty liver when fat is deposited in the liver from excess alcohol consumption. If you remember back in episode 23, we talked about what your blood work can tell you about your liver health. If you haven't listened to that one, go check it out after this episode. The liver is the main site for the conversion of excess energy into fat storage. When we eat extra calories, the liver turns us into triglycerides, which is stored as body fat or used as energy. When you're in an energy deficit, your body signals fat cells to release triglycerides to be used as energy, so this results in fat loss. Cholesterol is also produced in the liver and assembled into spherical pods called lipoproteins. And these lipoproteins enter the blood and transport the cholesterol to wherever it needs to go. Alcohol increases fatty acid synthesis and decreases the ability for the liver to transport fatty acids and get rid of them. Since alcohol is causing a big disruption to this process, fatty acids and intermediates in the synthesis of fatty acids get deposited in the liver. Fatty liver usually doesn't cause any symptoms, but it's something that can be detected in your blood work. And if you stop drinking for a few weeks or you get sober forever, the liver will return to normal. The next stage is alcoholic hepatitis. This is where more liver cells die and are replaced with scar tissue. This causes inflammation and swelling of the liver, which is when a drinker may begin to detect something isn't quite right because they have that lower right side pain. Symptoms include stomach pain, jaundice, fatigue, nausea or vomiting, weight loss, and fever. Bilirubin is a red-yellow byproduct of the normal breakdown of old red blood cells, which the liver converts into bile so it can be removed from the body as waste. If your liver isn't working correctly, then you may have a buildup of bilirubin in your blood. When the liver's damaged, it becomes swollen, and this swelling prevents bilirubin from being removed from the liver. 
So it enters the blood instead because it has nowhere to go. Elevated bilirubin levels signify long-term damage to the liver, and this is something that you need to take very seriously. If you're diagnosed with alcoholic hepatitis, then you need to stop drinking immediately. At this point, most or all of the damage can be reversed if you never drink again. And bilirubin is something that is checked in routine yearly blood work, so you don't have to ask for a special blood work order. If someone continues to drink, liver damage progresses into cirrhosis, which is permanent. The buildup of scar tissue hardens the liver and prevents it from functioning normally, like how it blocks bilirubin from being removed. Symptoms include redness in the palms, jaundice, changes to the fingernails, bleeding or bruising easily, swelling in the legs and feet, weight loss, fatigue, itchy skin, confusion, and fluid accumulation in the stomach. While cirrhosis is not reversible, stopping drinking immediately prevents the damage from getting even worse. And with sobriety and regularly visiting your doctor, cirrhosis can be managed and people can live for a while with it and have a normal life. For someone with cirrhosis, there are many ways that the condition can be treated and managed. To prevent and reduce fluid buildup, it's recommended to go on a very low salt diet. People with cirrhosis are usually malnourished because remember, the liver takes glucose and vitamins from the blood, so dietary changes are very important. Additionally, damage to the liver prevents it from storing glycogen as energy, which is a stored form of glucose. So the liver stores extra glucose as glycogen, which we use for energy throughout the day. So because the liver can't store energy anymore, the body starts breaking down muscle tissue to get the energy that it needs to survive. So lifting weights, increasing protein intake, and eating more regularly can prevent the breakdown of muscle tissue. There are also prescription creams that can be prescribed to reduce skin itchiness. Since the liver is not working correctly, high levels of bile salts get deposited under the skin, which is what causes itching. The swelling and buildup of scar tissue in the liver prevents the portal vein from bringing as much blood in as it should, and this causes a backup of blood into the portal vein, increasing the pressure exerted on the vein and leading to portal hypertension because the blood has to go somewhere, and if it can't get into the liver, it's going to get backed up. Medication to manage this condition can be prescribed, otherwise it can become really dangerous, which I will discuss in a bit. So, if you're still drinking, or you have cirrhosis and you do not want to hear the full details of the complication of this disease, how it causes death, and the general prognosis, then this is where you should drop off. Just know that this is a very serious life-threatening condition and you need to take any symptoms of liver disease extremely seriously. I encourage you to visit your doctor as soon as possible for a physical and routine blood work. Please do it for Diana. For everyone else, there are several complications that arise from cirrhosis. So since the excess scar tissue and hardening of the liver is preventing the portal vein from bringing in blood, 
Toxins are unable to be filtered and remain in the blood. New blood vessels form in the body to bypass the liver and attempt to get the blood circulating. These blood vessels allow toxins from the digestive system to be deposited into the blood because they're not able to filter anything. And since they're new blood vessels, they aren't capable of withstanding the same amount of pressure that the portal vein can. This means that they're very sensitive and can bleed. And if there's a high amount of pressure exerted on them from high blood pressure, then something really bad could happen. So the backup of blood and pressure in the portal vein, it's gotta go somewhere. The liver connects to the digestive system and to the heart. The blood backs up into the esophagus, causing esophageal varices, where the veins balloon out. It's similar to varicose veins. Varices can burst and bleed, and medication can be prescribed to try to manage them. If varices bleed, then a doctor can do an endoscopic band ligation procedure, which involves suctioning the varices into a chamber at the end of an endoscope, which is the camera that they put down your throat in an endoscopy. The doctor will then wrap the varices in an elastic band so they can't bleed. This procedure needs to be repeated every two to four weeks for three or four sessions, though. And your doctor will monitor the varices every three to 12 months for the rest of your life. Complications of endoscopic band ligation include bleeding and scarring of the esophagus. So Diana had endoscopic band ligation performed, and without warning, the bands came loose and she had internal bleeding. She was rushed to the hospital for emergency surgery and passed away during the procedure. So the other place that the liver sends blood to is the heart. So blood comes in from the digestive system, the toxins are filtered out and vitamins, and then it's sent to the heart. So this puts a lot of strain on the heart, and this increased stress can lead to heart failure. Fluid buildup in the abdomen and legs is another common complication of cirrhosis, especially an end-stage cirrhosis. There are medications to treat this, and going on a low-salt diet will help. Fluid buildup in the abdomen is called ascites and can become infected with bacteria. So treatment for that is antibiotics, or in severe cases, the fluid needs to be removed. And if the fluid is continuously coming back, they can put in a catheter to remove fluid regularly. Fluid buildup occurs because the portal vein is blocked, which results in decreased liver function and higher portal vein pressure. Since the liver isn't functioning, it can't remove toxins from the blood, so they build up and can enter the brain. This can cause a condition called encephalopathy, where the person would experience confusion, fatigue, and trouble concentrating. The main treatment for this condition is taking laxatives to remove the excess toxins that way. The liver also makes proteins that help with blood clotting. So there's a risk for severe bleeding for people with cirrhosis. So this is another reason why varices can be so dangerous because they can burst inside of your body or similarly the new blood vessels that have developed to bypass the portal vein. 
can burst inside your body and then your body is not able to clot the blood very well. So it becomes very dangerous. The liver also processes a lot of medications. So a person with cirrhosis will be sensitive to medication and may not be able to take certain things. Like many medications for headache or fever are processed in the liver. And lastly, in the long list of complications, cirrhosis increases the risk of liver cancer. And the symptoms of liver cancer and cirrhosis are very similar. So someone with cirrhosis needs to get regular checkups. So it's estimated that one in 400 people, or about 4.9 million people in the U.S., have cirrhosis. There are two forms of cirrhosis, compensated and decompensated cirrhosis. Someone with compensated cirrhosis can be asymptomatic or have very minor symptoms, and the life expectancy is over 12 years. Someone with decompensated cirrhosis is experiencing symptoms and complications, and doctors will use a scoring system to determine how severe their cirrhosis is and what their life expectancy is. The child turcot pew system is a point-based scale, and points are given based on the following symptoms and the severity of those symptoms. So fluid buildup in the abdomen, dysfunction in the brain, albumin levels, which is a protein that's made by the liver, bilirubin levels, and blood clotting time. Albumin and bilirubin are usually checked in routine blood work. So again, I really encourage you to get that done as soon as possible. So based on someone's score, they're put in a class. Class A is for five to six points. Class B is for seven to nine points. And class C is for 10 to 15 points. Class A is compensated cirrhosis, class B is early decompensated cirrhosis, and class C is late decompensated cirrhosis. 30% of patients with class B cirrhosis do not survive past two years, and 62% of people with class C cirrhosis do not survive past two years. And if someone continues to drink, after their diagnosis, then they may not live past six months. MELD score, or model for end-stage liver disease, is used to calculate a person's estimated life expectancy and is based on bilirubin levels, blood clotting ability, and creatinine levels, which would indicate kidney damage. The higher a person's MELD score, the lower their life expectancy is. For example, someone with a score below 9 has less than a 2% risk of mortality. Someone with a MELD score in the 30s has a 53% chance of mortality. And someone with a MELD score above 40 has an almost 72% risk of mortality. So the higher your MELD score is, the more often it's recalculated. Someone with a very low score will get it recalculated yearly, but someone with a score above 40 will get it calculated weekly. It is possible for decompensated cirrhosis to regress into compensated cirrhosis with sobriety and proper management. So just because you're diagnosed with cirrhosis doesn't mean horrible things are in your future, but it does mean you need to stop drinking immediately, never drink ever again, and do everything that your doctor and liver specialist says. If you're experiencing any symptoms, 
like itching or lower right side pain that you've been ignoring, then please call your doctor and get a blood work order like right now. You don't have to tell your doctor about your drinking or even go see them in person to request blood work. At least for people in the U.S., you just call and ask for a blood work order, like your yearly blood work. If your levels are high, then you need to be honest with your doctor and get help. I know it's scary to tell your doctor about your drinking, but it could save your life. If you're concerned about your drinking, then please get help and get checked out by your doctor. Do it for Diana. And please share this episode with anyone that you think it may benefit because we need to know more about people like Diana, women in their 30s who are getting cirrhosis and dying because of alcohol. It's not just an old alcoholic man disease. It affects women too and very young women. So don't think that you are immune to complications from your drinking. It's very dangerous and please get some help. And if you want to know more about blood work and like what all the different levels mean, go listen to episode 32 because I explain everything that they check and what it is. And I'll talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.